In yesterday's episode about how to build rapport in sales copy, I, I mentioned that that was part of a, a, a multi-part or a two-part question from Kevin. And he was also asking about message to market match. And there's really two ways to come at message to market match. And one of them is, is really a lot easier than the other. Um, but it's, it's also kind of reserved for if you are deeply involved in the creation of the offer itself. If you're not, if you're coming at it from the outside, like as a, a freelance copywriter or marketer, you may have to go the hard way. Uh, the, the reality though is that both ways can be extremely profitable. So let's dive in and yeah, <laughs> I hope, I don't know, there's a lot to cover here, uh, but I want you to walk away with these two ways to absolutely nail message to market match. First things first, what the heck is message to market match? Uh, well, it's, it's where your prospect feels that you are speaking directly to them. Like it, it, you know you, that you've nailed it when your prospect for your offer reads your message and they think, geez, this person like knows me, right? This person knows exactly what I want, right? And what, what, what is happening underneath the surface there is that the message and the offer are filling a current deep need, meaning uh, the, the person has this like deep desire, this deep want, this deep whatever, and the, the message speaks to that. It connects with that. It's something that they resonate with. And, um, and, and the message then leads through to making an offer that clearly connects with that deep need, right? That current deep need. Okay, so the easiest way to nail message to market match is, well, it's in this equation or in this comparison of market first versus offer first marketing. So what's offer first marketing? Let's start there. Offer first marketing is where you say, oh, I have this great idea for an offer that I'd like to take to the market. And so I have this great product or I have this great service that I want to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, tell people why they need it or why they should want it or, you know, why they should buy it, all of that. And the reality is that most offers, most products, most services, and probably an even bigger majority of failed offers, products, services are approached from this perspective. Like I, I want uh, to sell this thing. And so I'm going to come up with ways to sell this thing. The alternative to that is market first marketing. And that is where, so actually let's, let's go back in direct response history to the standard rate and data service, the, the SRDS list book. And it was this big directory of, of different mailing lists that you could buy. And Gary Halbert taught that you could actually go through there and find a category of mailing lists where a whole bunch of people were buying that particular thing. So you'd look for buyers lists with a certain number of, of names on the list, and you'd look for multiple um, mailing lists available within that category. And then you would create an offer designed to sell to people who had already, so for example, a bunch of people bought a handbook on investing, or a bunch of people bought whatever uh, health condition uh, product, right? Or a bunch of people bought whatever relationship product or whatever hobby product or whatever it is, right? But you'd go and you'd find these, these markets, these 
uh, groups of mailing lists that were available that specifically were buyers lists. So you saw that that you had like five people within a category that each had at least 100,000 people on a list of, of people who had bought a book on a particular topic. Well, well, if you want to uh, create an offer that's likely to sell, maybe you need to create another book on that topic and go back to that audience. So that's market first marketing. And online, well, we don't have the same type of access to buyers lists, but what we do have is we have uh, search data and people put high intent search phrases into Google all the time, like how to, I don't know, how, how to get copywriting clients, right? Um, and if somebody searches Google for how to get copywriting clients, well, they are predisposed to being interested in some kind of offer that is an answer to that question of how to get copywriting clients, right? And so if you can find these markets, right? If you can identify a market like that, that is um, basically that you are allowed to target, that you have a way to target that market and then put a message in front of them that is consistent with what they are searching for or that is consistent with um, what they have bought in the past, that is market-first marketing. And then, then what you can do is, is targeting-driven customization. And so depending on your targeting there, if, you're, if you are targeting a bunch of variations of a search phrase, um, you can, you know, how to get copywriting clients is a little bit different than how to launch my freelance copywriting business is a little bit different than how to, you know, um, I don't know, how to get copywriting jobs, how to land a marketing job. Like each of those is a little bit different and they may all have the exact same offer attached to them, like the final what you actually pay money for offer. But but um, aside from that offer, right, the, the messaging that you use, especially at the top of the funnel where somebody is first encountering your sales message, well, you can match that specifically to what they are searching for. Likewise, if you're going to put an ad in a specific newspaper, you can speak specifically to, uh, for example, I was just looking at, a, at an old Gary Bensavenga ad where he had four readers of USA Today, like special bonuses for readers of USA Today. Okay, cool. That's, a, that's yet another way to get the person nodding their head and saying, yeah, this message is for me. And so all sorts of targeting driven customization is available. But the whole point here is the easiest way to nail message to market match is to create your offer and your messaging out of the market as opposed to out of the offer, right? And it's, it's kind of automatic at that point. If you say, what is the market and how can I create something that speaks to them? Well, you'd nailed it. <laughs> Now, there is a much harder way, right? So obviously that way is reliant on being involved in the creation of the offer. And if you if you go back and you um, are allowed to, for example, help name the product, create bonuses around the product that make it customized to the specific market, um, if you are involved in any way in the creation of the offer, that's the easy way to do it, right? Because then you can create the offer around the market. If you are not able to do that, you really have to go after this harder way. And we are gonna go a little bit deep here. Um, we're gonna go a little bit deep here, but 
this is the reality of the kind of thinking that is involved. So number one, number one, it's going to involve research, research, and more research. You want to get to understand the prospect first, right? You want to get to understand who they are, what they want, what their desires are, what they, how they feel like they're messed up, um, and and uh, their insecurities, their their negative feelings, perceptions about their self, as well as their positive, what they what they want, right? Um, and I have in my notes here, deep emotional wounds. Like if you can understand someone's deep emotional wounds, you're going to be able to connect with them on a crazy level. That's, that's part of what we were talking about yesterday. Another thing that I got out of um, uh, the Science of Storytelling book, it talks about the theory of control. The theory of control is um, how a character believes that the world will react to them. Right. So their theory of how they can control the world by their interactions with it. Now, a good story oftentimes involves completely upending their theory of control um, and then the the development of a new theory of control that's able to, to, to cope with this new and more complex and more difficult world. Well, um, if we want to speak to our prospect on this deeper level, if we understand how they believe the world works and how they believe they can get what they want from the world, we can speak to that and make our message resonate with that. So we're looking for this deep stuff, a research like about, yeah, so like if I'm writing a stock promo, it's it's very important to research the stocks and all of that. But on a different level, I want to understand the investor who feels like um, they've been completely screwed by their uh, employment situation, the economy, politicians, um, you know, the markets in general, uh, people who who are pulling the strings behind the scenes of the market and making it hard for the little guy to get rich, and like all of those deep emotional things that that lead to them basically blaming the world for the fact that they have not you know, accumulated all the wealth that they desire to accumulate at one point, right? And there's a theory of control there as well as the deep emotional wounds, right? So we want to get to know that stuff about our prospects as opposed to just all the superficial details. And another way to think of this is to dive into the DILTS logical levels. Um, Robert DILTS came up with this model of, it's it's designed for change work, but it's also, um, it's also useful just for understanding this type of, um, I don't know, perspective on, on how our minds work and, and what's important to us. And so, um, I'm, as, as I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm matching it to the notes that I have uh, elsewhere, but I probably should have done this backwards. I should, probably should have done this upside down. Um, the, at the most superficial level is the environment that we exist in. And um, yeah, that stuff is important, but that's not like the deep, deep stuff at all. Uh, tied to our environment is our behavior, how we interact with the environment. Um, that's also very superficial stuff. And you're not going to feel, your prospect is not going to feel like um, you really understand them if all you do is talk about behavioral stuff, right? And then we get a little bit deeper. It's capabilities and skills, like inside going into the human being. Um, the, the skills that someone believes that they have are going to drive their behavior and their interactions with their environment. Um, and again, like I can connect with you on the level of 
writing about copywriting skills or whatever, but that's not, it's not quite as powerful um, as some of this other stuff that we're going to get into. There, there's almost this transition point here between capabilities and skills and beliefs and values. Uh, beliefs and values start to be uh, much more of a, a long term and they start to be much more tied to the identity that we feel like we have. And so if we resonate with someone at the level of their beliefs, at the level of their values, there's going to be this, um, there, there's just going to be this, this deeper connection there. So, um, you know, you start to get into territories of like religion and things like that. But also, you know, we can get into, uh, for example, uh, we, get, we get into, as opposed to copywriting skills, we get into the belief that, that advertising is sales, like sales multiplied through media versus the creation of an image and, and good feeling about a brand. Well, if you believe that advertising is sales multiplied through media, you're going to approach everything differently than if you believe advertising is creation of good feelings about a brand and a company, right? Um, and then we get into identity and that's like direct response marketer, right? Or um, Christian or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or um, like, or atheist or, uh, identities can happen at lots of different levels. So Nebraskan could be an identity, um, Californian, or maybe somebody doesn't identify with a particular place and they more identify as being a nomad, right? Um, and there's, there's all of these different um, takes on identity, but if you can resonate with someone on that level and feel like, they need to at least feel like they are understood and accepted for their identity, um, if not that you share a core identity with them, like a, a core identity attributes. Um, and then at an even deeper level of than that is, is where we get into very spiritual um, realms in terms of identifying like purpose and meaning. And can we resonate with someone on that level? And, and as soon as you're getting into the beliefs and values and identity, that's where you start to get into uh, really, really resonating with a market. And none of this superficial stuff it makes somebody really feel, okay, yes, so if I feel like I really just want, um, I, I talk about roofs a lot, it's like a, a, a fairly simple offer. Um, if, if I just want a new roof that's going to last for a long time on my house, um, it, you know, some of that stuff doesn't doesn't matter that much. Um, like getting into identity, beliefs, and values. Yeah, maybe I may resonate with someone more from that perspective, but a lot of times I'm just looking for a good price on a on a roof that's gonna do a good job of keeping the water out, right? Keeping the weather out. Um, but then for a lot of, of offers that are more likely to show up in the direct response world, getting into things like an identity, beliefs, and values does become really important. Now, as we're getting into this, there, it, there's, there's another thing that I felt like I, I wanted to include in these notes here, even though it does feel a little bit more superficial. But in terms of message to market match, sometimes timing matters a lot. And in the context of the timing of your offer arriving in the market, uh, Oren Clough talks about these three forces in his book, Pitch Anything. He talks about economic forces, social forces, and technological forces coming together. And so 
in certain cases, if your offer is more timely, especially in these regards, that um, you know maybe economic forces have changed, maybe social forces have changed, maybe technological forces have changed. If your offer is more timely in this regard, then it's going to be it's going to be something where if you connect with that, there is more of a message to market match there. Okay, this one risks going a lot deeper. Um, so what I'll say is that I included a uh, I included a link to a video that that does go much deeper into this with this episode. So check the check the description for that link. Um, but when we're when we're trying to connect with our market and we're trying to nail this message to market match, one of the very important things that we need to nail is their awareness of the problem that our product is solving, right? And um, and and I have my own copy formula that's the PISA problem agitate invalidate solve ask or ask for action. And Eugene Schwartz has his market awareness spectrum, and at one point I realized that they lined up perfectly. Um, and the market awareness spectrum, um, using Keith Krantz's acron upside acronym, is unaware, problem aware, solution aware, you aware, and deal ready. And so um, if you are speaking to the segment of your market who is largely unaware of the problem, but perhaps is starting to notice some symptoms, you have to speak to those symptoms and make them problem aware. You have to educate them about the fact that they have the problem in the first place. Now that leads them to being problem aware, which is the next step. And you have to um, agitate the experience of the problem and the experience of letting the problem go unsolved, the emotional experience, um, so that they are looking for a solution and so that they can realize that they don't have to like live with this problem for the rest of their life, right? So on one level, that starts to make them solution aware, that they, they're aware that a solution is possible. Uh, but at the same time, you want them to choose your solution, right? So you have to then, as they start to become solution aware, you need to invalidate the other solutions that are out there. You need to say like this, this approach to the problem doesn't work, this approach to the problem, this approach to solving the problem doesn't work. And those, those approaches can be um, going with competitors, trying to solve it themselves, or, um, or just leaving the problem unresolved, right? So you wanna invalidate the different solutions that, are, that exist in the marketplace. And then they start to really become you aware that you are an expert on solving this problem. And so at that point, you define the ideal solution for them, right? You define like, okay, so if you really want to solve this problem, here's what the solution is going to look like. Um, and then at that point, they say like, I'm ready for the deal, right? I'm ready for the solution. And so you give them a way to take action on being ready for the solution, right? You, you make your offer at that point. And um, this works in the context of, of the message to market match because, because if you're connecting with these people at this different level, you, you uh, essentially push them down this, this uh, slope or whatever, uh, you know, push them down the hill. Um, and they, um, the, the, the natural direction is that it leads them to action. And so if you're connecting with your audience and trying to get message to market match, and they're very aware of the different solutions available in the marketplace, you may not need to spend a bunch of time like fo focused on defining the problem and agitating all of that. They may be there, right? And so you may want to focus more on the invalidating other options and defining the ideal solution and 
getting them to take action. Whereas if you're trying to go for the broader audience that is usually a much bigger audience of people who aren't um, quite sure what all the symptoms of the problem mean, um, you need to speak to those symptoms of the problem and help them define the solution and um, go higher up the awareness spectrum there. And then finally, um, with all of this awareness about our product, our service, and our market, and trying to connect these all together, usually your, your message is going to fall under one of these three big idea types that I teach in my high-velocity copywriting program. Uh, one is the urgent problem. So if you have this urgent problem, I understand the problem. I will help you solve it. Um, 10x opportunity is like the, the, the lacking of the desired result being the problem, but um, I don't know, that's, that's maybe not a great description, but, but a 10x opportunity is basically saying, hey, I have this 10 times better way for you to get the, the, the res this, I'm sorry, the, to fulfill the desire that you have right now, right? Like you have this desire to achieve whatever result, I have a 10 times better way for you to do that. And let me show you how that works, right? Or an imminent prediction is something is going to happen that is going to create either an urgent problem or a 10x opportunity for you. And I can help you um, make the most of the opportunity or solve the problem, even as it's just starting to come up. And we could go a whole lot deeper into that, but um, in the interest of time in this episode, I'm not going to do that at all. Um, but yeah, like as you are identifying, um, you know, what is my market aware of? What are they interested in? Like what what are their personal, like deep core wounds that they want to have resolved? All of that. Um, how does that play into some kind of idea that connects your offer, your product, your service to those things in the context of defining an urgent problem or defining a 10x opportunity or defining an imminent prediction that's going to make everything much worse or much better for them. Um, and when you do that, you know, like I said, this is the harder way to nail message to market match. But when you do that, it can be just as powerful, if not even more so. So for my call to action for you at the end of this episode, I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself, how can you use this lesson uh, going forward? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you get more content like this delivered to you. And I'll include links in the description to my high velocity copywriting course, uh, to the message market match video about the uh, Eugene Schwartz awareness model, as well as my Paisa formula. And I will also just link to more information on BTMS Insiders membership. Um, that's my streaming library of copywriting and marketing courses where you pay one low fee, you get instant streaming access to everything. I'm Roy for this Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. That's the BTMS in BTMS Insiders. And I will catch you again in the next episode. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.